We are celebrating today this great gift 
where the seen and the unseen connect and combine and produce an amazing phenomena like that of Nabi Allah Ibrahim These are monumental events, don't happen every year and every few years or every centuries even. So our celebration today is a universal one. The whole world had been affected by it. The entire Western world, the Judeo-Christian and the Muslim world, constitute more than half of the world population. And the other half has been affected one way or another, directly or otherwise, by what had happened to these people and their civilization and their culture and their inventions and their knowledges and their way of worship. So it is a major event. I'd like to share with you today as to the inner meaning of the Prophet Ibrahim message. We all know about his journey and about his moves. He started from what is now Iraq, right near the city of Ur. City of Ur was at least six, seven thousand years old. It is next to another city called Uruk. And Uruk is the source or the word from which Iraq has been derived. It is from the Arabic word or Semitic word means Urq. Urq is root, essence, origin. And there are traces, archaeologically speaking, in that area going back at least six, seven thousand years of considerable civilization. Uruk came about in a very quick way. Within 50 years, the hunter-gatherers who killed most of the animals, there wasn't much to eat, they took to agriculture. There was a big river nearby. They developed huge fields of agriculture. The city grew from four or five thousand people with a king and the uh, people around the king to something probably around 20 to 30,000 people within maybe 50 years. 100 years after that, the entire area around it was devastated. The land became too salty and they all had to leave. If you now go to that part of the world, as many people, explorers, archaeologists, investigators, anthropologists, you see a huge mound of about two, three kilometers square. This is what Uruk was. All what you find are bits and pieces of potteries and things, because there has been some digging. This is where Nabi Allah Ibrahim began. They were nomadic, they were pastoralists with animals around there, a big tribe. And they decided to migrate up north. They went to what is now called Harran. It is at the moment in Turkey. And it is a very famous town on the Silk Route. So we know then after that, this is where he confronted his people. His family were amongst the makers of what we call idol. Now, it's a very important issue for us not to use these languages or these terms in the way we understand them today and transpose them onto a culture that is thousands of years older than us. 
It's not easy. You know, you need to think in terms of what it meant to those people at that time. In other words, this idea that there is one overall God and so on is deeper and older than we think. Even the Arabs to whom the Prophet Muhammad came with the message, they knew Allah. They had other ilahs, other deities, which they considered the God of this and the God of that, as the Greek did. The God of fertility, the God of power, the God of... But there was always, if you like, a God of gods. But they did not fully visualize that this God of God is actually the only, and it is that power or that light, Allah Nur samawati wal ard, that penetrates the entire cosmos. These certain clarifications, if you like, were missing. The Prophet Ibrahim السلام, comes down with his family. It is in Haran that he starts knocking about all of these idols that apparently had a caravansarai, which had in it few hundreds of these things made of uh, clay, made of wood, made of whatever they, in those days they were familiar with. And his uncle was one of the great, also, merchants of that. So it was very important for people to have a symbol of deity or God in their homes. As it is now, it is important for most homes to have a television or something like that, or whatever. (laughs) So these things were commonly known, and that tribe was well known in its manufacturing of these. The Prophet Ibrahim found a lot of people really have begun to be distracted by the physical entity. So he began to throw them about, burn them, and rebelled against the habit of his people. And we have numerous occasions in the Quran about truth does not simply become greater or real because your ancestors or it has had a long tradition. It can equally be a long tradition of rubbish. And that is what it happened with the Prophet Ibrahim. And it is there where you find the ultimate test in his life, which I'll come to it again, that he was in every way totally, utterly connected to his creator as a Khalil. That is why this name was given to him. In Arabic, it means have been infiltrated by the nur of Allah Azawajal. When you mention somebody is Khalili, it means he's your lover. Or Khalilati if it is feminine. So the word or the name as it is used for human beings, Khalil implies someone whom you love so intensely that your heart and his heart or her heart have been meshed together. So that is the meaning of the word. Hanif means the follower, he who has been inclined to the true path. What is the true path? Is the acknowledgement that there is none other than the one and only in truth. From that one and only, everything else overflows. In Arabic or in Semitic, it's called faith. Father Yafidu overflows from it. 
everything in existence in the entire cosmos overflows from that original energy, that singularity, that oneness, from which comes two-ness, dualities, multiplicities, all of the shadows, all from that original light, nur samawati So this great man begins to go downwards from Haran, and the, at that time there was a lot of, if you like, poverty and apparently few years of scarcity. And there was a lot of hunger, a lot of people dying, if you like, of hunger. Until he reaches what is now in Syria called Aleppo, Halab. And there, of course, they had their cattle, they had their cows, and they had their sheep. So there were so many poor people, and apparently it is said that the Prophet Ibrahim stayed there long to give milk to the poor people. And in Arabic, the word milk is halib. And that is the origin of Aleppo. So it is there where they gave to a lot of these poor people. He comes down further to Jerisho, which was a very old town. Jerisho was already in existence, also about maybe three, four thousand years before. It's one of the oldest settlements of human beings. They say there are 11 different levels of settlements in Jerisho. 11 and goes down to Arab. As you know, we have something about a place. There is a feng shui, there is an attraction about a specific spot. It's not for no reason Jerusalem is where it is and Mecca is where it is. There are certain things about certain places on earth that we human being in an electromagnetic way, in a subtle way, get attracted to. So that area was very much in attracting people, tribal people, caravans, movements, and so on. And then he finds a lot of poverty, then he moves further down, this is in a matter of about 10 years, to what is now Egypt. In the meantime, this being became known that he is teaching and preaching something more unique and more touching to hearts. So his tribe and the other people around them became, if you like, more as regarded carriers of a special spiritual message. And he comes back again, and that is where also he gets in his late, late life, about 99 maybe, he gets his first son, and a few years after that, the second son is half and carries on that wilderness, but preaching that if you trust in the one and only one, it is he who will guide you. Because wherever you turn, the light of Allah is there. And that is why we are all Abrahamic. Getting back to the culture, how we need to re-visualize, I'd like to share with you several ayahs. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. ما كان إبراهيم يهوديا ولا نصرانيا ولكن كان حنيفا. You and I, because we like to have more people who are Muslims, more people who are Mu'mins, more people who are Muhsin. So we follow also what Allah has decreed. We want to see numbers. As the Quran also tells us, الْهَاكُمُ التَّكَاثُرُ you start counting numbers, how many more of our tribe were bigger. حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ 
So some of the tribes which are smaller, they go to the cemeteries, they say, look, we have more buried people here, our tribe is bigger. One of the inner meanings of these ayahs, as you know, the Quran has many layers of knowledges, is that don't think some people who are on two legs are alive. They are already a walking tomb. They're dead, you know, they have not, they have not awakened to the light of Allah. You have no less than seven or eight ayahs which illustrates this, such as, Ya ladina amanu Allah wa or those of you who have trust and faith in that Allah's light is ever present, Allah has a purpose in this life, Allah is the ever guiding one, Al Hadi. Follow the light of the Quran and the light of the Prophet and the Sunnah of the Prophet, you come to live. Doesn't mean that you are not alive now, but that is biological life. Until you become spiritually, if you like, awakened to the presence of Allah wherever you turn. So as you are aware that Allah sees, Allah knows. So that you can't anymore fool around. You know Allah is seeing you, Allah is watching you, Allah is recorded in every cell of you. So who are you trying to hide away from? You know? So you become more and more transparent. As you become more and more transparent, your heart becomes purified. Therefore, that which is within your heart, which is your ruh, emits its light. That is all. When we say somebody, he is very bright or he shines, there is not. it means that there is less barrier. Nobody has any bigger soul or, or uh, spirit or ruh than the other. They're all the same. That is why Allah's justice is universal. But it is you and I who put the barrier so it becomes dim. The original light is there. But what if you and I have covered it with so many dark levels of anxieties, uncertainties, fears, and all of the other things, then it will not shine. So here we have this key, key training or lesson. Ibrahim was not a Jew. He was not a Christian, meaning we people, we like to call, oh, he's a Muslim, oh, he's labeled. He says, forget all of these, these are cultural labels. The truth of it is that he was Hanifan. So when we hear Ibrahim, we say, well, he's our prophet. So everybody else is our prophet and we kill each other. It says Hanifan, he was inclined towards the true path of salvation. Salvation of what? Ultimately, it is saving oneself from one's lower self, from our inner shaitan. And then, look at the declaration. It says, Allah says, Azzawajal, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا And that is why Allah took Ibrahim as his beloved. Meaning that he is so intimately connected with the one and only that all other connections are secondary. If you are totally exclusive to one and one and only, you will find everything else is easier. And then for us as Muslims, Ibrahim. This is the way, this is the community. Milla means community. Allah tells us, don't ever think that the ants and the wasp and the bees don't have communities. They're also societies and nations and tribes. Look at the 
way that they behave. Look at the wonderful ayahs we have in the Quran about insects and animals and ecology and the environment. That is why it is truly said, we do not have a economic, ecological crisis. It is a spiritual crisis. We have forgotten how to respect the intricacies of nature. And that is why we are in such a mess globally. Millata Ibrahim, this is in Surah Al-Hajj also. Abikum, your father. Your father in what? The Quran tells about the Prophet Muhammad He was our father in meaning. You have a biological father, but you take on a teacher or a murshid or somebody else as a father of teaching. So he is your father. He is our father. It is he who gave us this coin, this name, this label as people of submission, people of surrender. Surrender to the truth that we are weak. Every human being, no matter how strong, how wealthy, every one of us still wants something. If you are healthy, you have good relationship, good family, wealth, you want to maintain it. So you pray to Allah, Allah, continue this. But it will continue. But what happens when you leave this world? Because we have rented this body. No one of us is a proprietor in this world. Each one of us has got a leasehold. We don't know for how long. As a process of returning from where we were designed, which was Jannah. That is the meaning of Adam السلام, was created and designed in Jannah. But he wanted to differentiate two-ness, good and bad, and up and down, and beginning and end, and, and birth and death. He didn't know what is the foundation of this amazing creation. So Allah says, get down on this earth for a short period. You will come to know all of this. That is why the Quran is also called Al-Furqan, differentiation. So that you go beyond that into the unitive state of pure light. We don't deny duality. We don't deny the up and down. We don't deny the time of the day and which direction is Qibla. We accept all of these to exercise the mind, to exercise the limbs, to improve our direction in Qibla and Ibadah so that you disappear into the light of the oneness. There were people around the Prophet ﷺ who were considered people of that ilk, such as Abu Dhar. They used to call him Hafidhu Sirri Rasulillah. And they would always ask him, what is it you talk to the Prophet that he doesn't talk to us? He said, I only talk about the subtle areas where I may slip. I don't talk to him about what can I get more or how can I get closer to the light of... I only talk about watching the negative side because the positive is already there. These are the real secrets that we, as a Muslim community, 1.5 billion people have. But it is like a diet. If you don't take it, absorb it, get, get nourished by it, it will remain in the books and we talk about it only. It is good to have information, but if it does not lead to transformation, we remain inadequate. So we have to be careful. We don't label this, label that. He was a man of total, utter commitment to the one and only light that 
permeates the entire cosmos. So in order to really see and investigate and learn from the lessons of this great being, who had the biggest influence, as far as I know, over creation, I share with you four major steps I had discerned. One of which is Hijra. The Quran is full of it. It's about walladina hajaru, walladina, to turn away. Hajra, which is also, you know, that name was used at that time by the Semitic people, turn away from, migrate. That which you like. It is for that reason we say, if you are on a spiritual exercise, especially during the month of fasting, don't get into habit. Change your habit. Change it. This was used to use to do this now, change it now, and so on. So as you don't get stuck in the outer mold. You know, you used to pray so much in this mosque, go somewhere else also sometime. Whatever. Change your habit. So the first thing he did, he made hijrah. That is why he says, I'm leaving you, O people, my family. As you also know, he called his uncle father because this was the habit of those days. Like we do nowadays. I sometimes hear somebody calling everybody else my cousin, my cousin. I thought he may have 5,000 cousins. But it is a habit and a custom of people. So that's why he says, I'm leaving you all to my Lord. He will guide me. Look at the confidence and the trust. Turn away from that which is not, that which is will touch you. Turn away from batil, from haram, halal is already there. You and I know what is suspicious, what is unaccepted. Turn away from it. Suspicious from bad word, bad mouthing. Turn away, stop it. That which is good is there. So our job is to damage limitation upon our mind, our bodies, and our heart. Then he says, I have turned my face to he who cracked me, who brought me. This word fitra is an amazing word. It also means mushroom. All different varieties of mushrooms is called fitr in Arabic because it cracks the earth as though it shudders and something comes out without having seen the seeds because it's a pod that flows, that flies. Fitra is a very important word. So what he did all of these times, he made hijra, he made istighfar, he broke his habits. And then he told his people, I see you in a mess. I see you people in heavy darkness. Then Allah reminds us throughout the Quran, no less than 17, 18 times. It's about الَّذِينَ هَاجَرُوا وَجَاهَدُوا بِأَمْوَالِهِمْ وَأَنفُسِهِمْ Leave behind that which is unacceptable. Because if we complain on the day of reckoning that I couldn't turn away, Allah says, wasn't my earth big enough? My land wide enough? Why didn't you go somewhere else? You know, you are unhappy, you can't manage it, you can't, whether it is economical reason, whether it is political reason, whether it is religious or spiritual reason, leave. That's what the Prophet did. He left Mecca to Medina because people came inviting him, it was safer. So these, the first call and the most important thing is to leave behind that which is not conducive 
This is a very important first step in the sense of getting out of the mess of a heavy culture, heavy structured way. Our deen has outer boundaries. We have a sharia, we have these boundaries. But if you only pay attention to the boundaries, you lose the light and the delight of haqiqah. It is Mecca Medina, as you all know. The Meccan surahs are two and a half, three times more than the Medinan surahs, albeit not as long. And as you know, our Quran has been put together according to the general length of the surahs. And even the names given to these surahs came about much, much later. For the first 400 years, Surah Al-Baqarah was called the surah in which the story of Baqarah appears. Do you understand? Later on, it became more and more, people got used to it, it became a tradition. So I am all for acknowledging traditions, but don't take it that here, Ibrahim was a Muslim as though he was like us, eating in the kitchen. Abu Jan, he was a nomadic person, he didn't own anything, he was a man of Allah, trusting in that whatever he needs, Allah will guide him. He was free from all the heavy burdens that we so-called civilized people have. So the first thing and the most important thing is turn away from that which is familiar, which is cozy, which is too comfortable. We need to be jolted. That is why you find nobody is spared in this life from afflictions. No one ever. And the higher you are spiritually, the more you are shaken, so that your trust and reliance becomes upon Allah only. It doesn't mean you don't acknowledge your family, your relatives. As was in the case of Nabi Allah Ibrahim, he complained about his wife, and the inspiration came to him, this is good for you, don't complain. It is like a bent bone. If you try to straighten it too much, it will break. Right now it is useful and is good for you. Accepting what Allah has put for you and see the goodness in it so that you become at all times seeing what is right and wrong, trying to change what you can up to a limit. More than that, you have stress and you will end up in anxiety and sickness. The second big issue about the Prophet Ibrahim was his submission to the truth at, at its different levels. Here we have numerous ayahs. The command comes to him, submit, surrender to the truth. That you are a human being, and yet you want to know that which is eternal, beyond the beyond. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is where the second issue comes of Islam, Iman, Ihsan. Second ayah, قُولُوا آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ Allah is instructing all of human beings. The Quran is رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Not just for you, us, you and I. It says, be, learn, do, admit, be transformed by your trust in Rabbil Alameen. Qulu amanna billahi wa ma unzila ilayna and that which descended to us of the higher knowledge, inspiration. Not all of us get the same clear inspirations of these great beings. Certainly not their, if you like, revealed knowledges. That's why we weaker human beings need that 
link with the higher. And once you internalize it, you find it is true. وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْنَا وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ We accept all of that. All of these great prophets. And then Allah reminds us, if you have that iman, Allah is saying, According to your level of faith and trust, you will be guided. Because if I am a weak person, I don't want to know that I'll fall ill tomorrow. But if I have such trust and love in the truth, then it doesn't frighten me. But if I am weak and so on, tomorrow you are going to walk here and you will break your neck. It's very frightening. So you and I will get knowledges, especially the unseen, unveilings, according to our ability to take it. So Iman Islam, Iman Ihsan was the second thing. Third issue was fitna and bala. Now this is a general ayah. It says, do you ever think you will be able to say that I have faith in Allah and you will not be trialed and tested and afflicted? So as you increase your iman, it isn't for you to have a difficult time. It is not about having tough time. It is for you to strengthen, deepen the root of your faith and your trust in Allah. So, do you ever think we will even be left to by tongue say we are a mu'min and we will not be shaken so many times in our life? So that you and I know, is our iman inherited simply because my son is this or my father is this or my family or my tribe or is it in your heart that at the moment of trouble, you remember that, what is the meaning of it? Why Allah has given you this trouble? To wake up to that remembrance and awareness. The Quran is full of that. Anibu ilallah, return to Allah, rudduhu ilallah, astaghfirullah. So you become stronger in the unseen whilst living and dealing with the seen. This is the third major issue of Nabi Allah Ibrahim and that is why in the sacrifice of today's celebration of his son, Allah reminds us in the Quran, إِنَّ هَذَا لَهُوَ الْبَلَاءُ الْعَظِيمُ As I said, the third issue is that of affliction, imtihan, testing, to see to what extent is our tawakkul is real. And you say, look, I don't know where to turn, Allah will guide me. I am in serious trouble. But Allah is the ultimate guide. Thank you for your concern. But I don't think we can do anything. Let us turn to Allah. So in Nahada, Allah reminds us in the Quran, this situation where his inner voice tells him, you must sacrifice your son. The situation of Imam Ghazali was similar. The last six months in his life in Baghdad, he was the greatest ever Muslim who commanded the respect of the largest number of people, the largest number of mosques ever. The last six months, his tongue would not open. All the doctors were brought. The Khalifa, the Abbasid Khalifas brought everyone they could. Eventually, they all concurred that this is not a sickness that can be cured by medicine. It is something deeper. He knew. Imam Ghazali himself in his biography says, I knew because I myself have not been fully awakened and enlightened to my perfect ibadah 
And that is why I could not talk about higher things and my tongue wouldn't move. That's why he left. He went for two years to what is now Damascus and then yet to Mecca for another 10 years and at the end left, did not go back against hundreds of delegation who came for him. He said, I want to save myself from my lower self. He went back to those northeast where Iran is and lived, according to him, the best time of his life in isolation with people, but not with a huge number of responsibility. So the third issue is this fitna bala, so that we increase in our tawakkul. And then the fitna and bala is repeated here about Ibrahim. وَإِذِ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا And then we are told that how Allah gave this great man a lot of, if you like, tests and trials for him to purify totally, utterly his heart. As you know, there are traditions in our culture, in our part of the Muhammadi, if you like, heritage, that if there is anything in your heart, then the fullness of Allah's nur will not be. Take it out. That is why the sacrifice or the attempt of sacrifice. The fourth issue of Nabi Allah Ibrahim is the ultimate awakening and wisdom and enlightenment and completing the ubudiyah. That you truly worship Allah and all his qualities and all his attributes and you are constantly aware of that. You don't need anymore to forget or remember or bismillah. You are all the time, every foot is bismillah. Every nafas is bismillah. Every time you breathe, you know it may not come out. So it becomes urgent and gives you a vitality. This is the vitality of the Muslim Mu'min Muhsin. And then it says, Am hasibtum, do you think you will enter the garden? Do you think you will experience the inner garden or the garden after death also, that you will not be given all of these trials? فَقَدْ آتَيْنَا آلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And certainly we give the people of Ibrahim the book and knowledge, the book of eternal light, and the book of their time also, which is the same, but slightly different according to the time and the culture that we have. Our book is called the Qur'an. But it doesn't mean the others did not have their books. They're from the same source. That is why it says, لَا نُفَرِّقَ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ We see them similar. The essence is the same. The language may be different. The culture may be different. And that is why also, to see the tawakkul of Nabi Allah Ibrahim, when they threw him in the fire, he knew that it is Allah ma'ana. Allah is with him. Allah will save him. And the voice of truth says, and the command came, O fire, become cool and peaceful upon Ibrahim. You see, this is the truth. And that is why Allah tells us, the ultimate thing I created this existence is to perfect your ibadah. Therefore, Nabi Allah Ibrahim was the perfect abd. That is why also our own glorious Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu we call him Abdullah. Only totally, utterly taken in by Allah. And the word Abd also means easy. It is not as we translate it now a slave. He was the man of Allah. 
He was the true connector with Allah, utterly, totally, forever. So these are the qualities that we want to follow. We want to follow in the footsteps of these beings in a way that is conducive to our time. We don't necessarily want to emulate the outer appearances. The Prophet ﷺ did not have a car, but he had, as we know, the best of mounts because he wanted to do his work well. So he had a very good camel, he had a good horse. So the same thing for us. It is the means, not the outer paraphernalia. They prayed and they lived in simple, easy, if you like, mosques. They were not high, they were not big, they didn't have air conditioning. But it doesn't matter. What matters is are we going to be transformed by the message and live as though Nabi Allah Ibrahim, if he is in this neighborhood, he'll come to our house. Or is it so pompous or so difficult and so full of paraphernalia that he feels he doesn't is not happy to come to the heart? Is it a show house or is it a living house? Are the people genuinely hospitable, honest, allowing whatever is there in creation to take also its own passage, or are they haughty, arrogant, or full of love for name and reputation and status? These are the messages of Nabi Allah Ibrahim As good as it was 4,000 years ago, they are good now. It is for that reason our book is good for all times, all people, rahmatan lil'alameen. That is why we have a conference early March, which we call the Quran as a rahmatan lil'alameen. So as we make it available, but if we supposedly, the people of the Kitab and the people of the Mus'haf and the people of the Quran are not living it, then it will not overflow. But in the meantime, we have to encourage each other to do it as best as we can so that it overflows to this world as it is shuddering from all of the sicknesses that we witness upon people, upon societies, upon cultures, and the strangulation that people are being afflicted by in the name of civilization. But inshallah, I personally am optimistic that the message of Nabi Allah Ibrahim will come out of hearts and will touch other hearts as it has been doing to us today. And I thank Allah for your wonderful presence and wonderful absorption for us to share what matters most. Wassalamu alaikum.